today on the Beginner Photography Podcast. There's a lot of negative information out there about it, right? And I, and when I was looking into, when I was doing research on this, I was like, wow, like why does anybody do this? There's just so much negative information. But I kind of, <laughs> but I kind of, because it's like, oh, you'll never make any money. You know what I mean? It's, it's not worth the while. It's not worth the effort. I kind of got past that, and I said, you know, I'm just going to try it. So when I was when I was going through the Rockies on. Uh, traveling one morning i woke up at five in the morning and i went there for for sunrise and i just had the most amazing light that day it was just like like it was just the perfect sunrise it was somehow going through the clouds perfectly that it just made the tops of the mountain mountains totally red probably spent 15 minutes post-processing it and then i put it on and so i also uploaded it to the microstock sites and it very quickly ranked number one for one of the major microsoft sites for the search of canada and so Every day for the past like five years, there's been like one or two people that have downloaded that photo. And it's like I see it all over the way. I'll be sitting on Facebook and a Facebook ad will pop up and it'll be like my photo. <laughs> so, Hey guys, Raymond here from the Beginner Photography Podcast. And today we are talking about how you can turn photography into a profitable hobby. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Beginner Photography Podcast with Raymond Hatfield, the podcast dedicated to interviewing world-class photographers to ask them the questions you want answered. Whether you want to be the world's best wedding photographer, family photographer, pet photographer, or you just want to take better photos of your kids growing up, we will get you to start taking better photos today. Here with you as always, husband, father, home brewer, L.A. Dodger fan, and award-winning Indianapolis wedding photographer, Raymond Hatfield. Hello, each and every one of you. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the podcast. Uh, we got a, a massive episode in store for you guys today and one that can help hopefully continue this hobby um, if you intend to just keep it that way and you don't want to, you know, go full time. Uh, photography can be an incredible hobby. It can be a ton of fun, but it can also be pretty expensive, as most of you know. And if you have no intentions of ever becoming a professional photographer, leaving your day job, you like your day job, or you like the benefits, or, you know, it's just you can't leave your day job yet, then finding ways to make to have photography make you money is essential and um, important, you know, right? Like, you want... Um, you want to go out and have fun and shoot the things that you love and still make a few dollars. Like, what's wrong with that? And today's guest knows all about it. And um, he's going to share a lot of great information on how he just takes his regular photos, uploads them to certain websites, and just collects a check. So that's all that I'm going to say. I'm really excited for this episode for you guys to listen to. So let's just hop into it right now with James Wheeler. Today's guest is an amateur photographer whose struggles sharing his photos led him to co-found Photoloo that will help ease some of the pain in uploading photos to multiple sites. Today, James Wheeler. James, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm glad to be here. Right on. So, um, like I just said, thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, and as I mentioned in the intro, you're an amateur photographer, but I don't want people to think that that's synonymous with... Um, inexperience. Can you tell us a little bit about your beginnings in photography and how you got started? Um, yeah. So 
I I guess I I really you know started with my first camera back in I'd say 2003. So I back then I decided I was gonna I wanted to do some traveling and I moved to Asia and so I figured I should take some pictures while I'm there. <laughs> um, so I bought like a point and shoot camera and I did a lot of traveling from 2003 to 2009 around there. But it was really like I was taking photos and I kind of got frustrated that what I saw was never what was in my photos. Right, so I was seeing all these amazing things, but I didn't know how to capture them. So after a couple of years, I really started studying photography, and it was like in 2000, around 2009, I bought my first like entry-level DSLR, and really self-taught, just learned, you know what I mean, online, a lot of resources, and you know, it's been it's been over 10 years now, so I kind of have learned a couple of things, and have gone through a couple of a uh, couple of bodies, and that's how I, I kind of got started, and still just love taking photos, like it's just you know become my passion and my my main hobby. That's crazy. I, I mean. Definitely travel is always one of those things that people um, will will find a reason to buy a camera for because going to new places is always so fun and exciting. That's incredible that you said that you just up and decided to move to Asia. Is that right? Well, I, you know, there was it was a conscious decision. Right? I, I well, wanted yeah, to no, of course. More. But I mean, like and you moved <laughs> there for was it for work? Was it for family? Was it just uh, for, on a whim? No, it was it was more on a whim. I went over there. I wanted to like it was. I wanted to move to Asia, and then I and I wanted to go and travel more. And I figured, okay, well, I might as well go and move to Asia. I went there, and I taught English for a while, and I got other jobs as I as I kind of moved around. And I kind of did the a lot of people do do this, but just you know, work for a while, save up enough money to go traveling, and then go traveling, run out of money, and then go and work for a while. <laughs> I ended up doing that for about five years. Yeah, that sounds um, stressful. I guess it would be the word, right? <laughs> Um, yeah. So during that time, you're you're out, you're seeing these new wonderful things, all these experiences, and you now have your camera. Do you want to talk a little bit about, I guess, um, the struggles you had in the beginning with, you mentioned um, seeing something in your head, how a shot should happen, but then not being able to get it in camera. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, well, I just, you know, I go and, you know, travel and try to see these amazing things or just have my camera, but obviously I didn't know... I didn't know anything about exposure. I didn't know. I, didn't know. I, I was just, you know, had, every, had it on auto and was was clicking the button, right? And, you know, when you get home, they look, even sometimes look in the little viewfinder. Um, when you get home and put them on a computer, you share them. They, all, they never really turned out the way that I wanted them to, right? And it wasn't, you know, what was in my mind and what I was sending back to my family, the, the, the photos of the places I was going, didn't really, I think, reflect, in my mind, reflect what I saw, right? So that's when, you know, I'm like, well, why not? I see all these other photos online that are amazing why aren't mine amazing and it kind of you know and then i went down that rabbit hole of trying to learn photography which you know didn't didn't think it would be a 10 year take me 10 years to, <laughs> to to do it and still only feel like i know half of it but you know what i mean there's always something new to learn right and i and i enjoy learning and i just you know i the, every time i learned something it got a little bit better and a little bit better and i just kept trying techniques and just then really got into it right and just kind of that's how it how it took off so what are some of the resources that you first started off um, when you wanted to learn more about photography? Um, to be honest, actually, a lot of it was podcasts. Um, your podcast wasn't around at that time, but there was like TWIP. I, I learned, listened to that every week. And I listened to a lot of podcasts. And then they had guests that talked about books and talked about software and talked about everything. And then so I used to listen to the podcast while I was running. And then I'd come home and I'd go and I'd get all the links and I bought a lot of courses and a lot of books, and I tried the things they were talking about, and that's kind of 
and I, and that that's that's how I, I got introduced to a lot of these things. Right, it was first on the podcast, and then there, and then once social media was more prevalent, you know what I mean. I, I used a lot of social media, followed photographers I whose photos I liked, and then whatever they were talking about, books they're talking about, I kind of just bought them and and went went there. That was kind of my learning. Do you have a favorite book or course that that there was any sort of aha moment for you? Um, I think like I bought some of the early courses like that Trey Radcliffe did, right? And when I got into those, that's when I think I really started to understand like post-processing and how important post-processing was, right? Because I think before that, like, you know what I mean? Like I go in and I'd, I'd edit my photos a bit, but like just listening to him talk about how, like how his mind works and like post-processing and that after, that got me into other post-processing courses, which I think really include, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, oh, I got to, I got to learn this. <laughs> you know what I mean? And once getting into all those other post-processing courses, you know, now I've got all these different techniques I can go to for different situations. And I think about that when I'm shooting, like when I'm out shooting, I'm like, okay, do you know what I mean? I need to take three exposures here because this is way too much dynamic range. Right. Or, you know, and so that kind of went to my shooting. And then once I was shooting with that in mind, I think I really started to improve more. Right. <laughs> That's that's a great journey. I think that a lot of listeners are going to be able to, um, y you know, uh, feel the same way as you. They, they've been there. They've taken these courses and they feel like there's so much now inside of them that they want to learn and just go out and do. And that's great that you actually did that. You took that knowledge. You went out there. You learned it and then you applied it and it, it made you a better photographer and, uh, you know, slowly better and better every day until here you are today. So, um you're taking all these photos now. You're getting better at photography. And then you mentioned that social media really started to take off. And now you're sharing photos. Um, I also mentioned in the intro that you co-founded Photoloo. Can you tell people about it and how you got to the point to uh, where you created it? Hey, Raymond here. If you're sometimes baffled by which camera settings to use, then I've got just the thing for you. My free guide, Picture Perfect Camera Settings. It's a fantastic starting point for anybody eager to understand the basics of camera settings in various shooting scenarios. And it's tailored to beginners who want to get out of auto mode, providing clear, easy to follow suggestions on where to start with your settings. So whether you're capturing a stunning landscape or a family portrait, Picture Perfect Camera Settings will help you to get off of automatic mode and explore the possibilities your camera offers. Remember, mastering photography settings is a journey, and this guide is your first step. And the perfect resource to guide you towards finding the right settings for your style. So grab your copy today at perfectcamerasettings.com and start your journey to better photos. Okay, yeah, so... Like as I, as I kind of went through and through my photography learning, right? Like I bought an entry level DSR with a kit lens so that I could learn exposure, and I and I was I was still learning that. Like it took me well over a year just to to, to learn the DSLR, right? <laughs> learn all the options. But after that, I kind of got to the point where well, now I need a fifty millimeter lens, and now I need a wide angle lens, <laughs> and now I need you know what I mean. And the list started getting longer, and you know. So one of the things I decided at the time, and even just listening to these podcasts and, you know, learning, I knew it could, photography was going to become an expensive hobby for me. It so, always is. <laughs> yes, yes. But it was a hobby that I loved, right? And I wanted to get into it. But, you know, I didn't have the money for everything I wanted to do, to be honest, right? So one of the things I'm like, okay, well, you know, people are selling photos online. Do you know what I mean? I know I'm, lots of people are liking my photos online. So I, I decided that. All right, I'm just going to post my photos everywhere and try to sell licenses, right? I was, I was an amateur. I didn't really ever 
think I wanted to quit my day job. I, I never like had it a thought that this is ever going to be like a full time gig for me because this was the you know, it's a hobby. I always wanted to be a hobby, but I wanted the hobby to pay for itself. So I started posting my photos everywhere on Microstock sites, like on all the photography sites I could do. And what I found was is that that took a lot of time, right? Like if I just had one photo, it's like I, I could spend an hour each night just uploading one photo, and I'd rather spend my time post-processing and taking photos rather than just uploading them. Right? And it's a bit of a monotonous task. So in my day job, though, I'm a software developer, right? So I'm a software consultant, and I build like workflow, system, workflow management systems for large companies. So, and I'm kind of like, you know, I'm a very lazy person that I didn't want to go through, but I'm willing to. I'm willing to work really hard to be lazy. <laughs> so, <laughs> At least you're self-aware. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. half the battle. So, so I spent. So you know, I spent probably hundreds of hours writing software to automate all these processes for me. Right? So that I didn't have to spend the hour each night to do it, right? And That's awesome. So I did that, and I, I used that was just like a personal project. I just used it for myself for a number of years, and then just recently, last year, I was talking to a buddy, and like you know, other people could use this, right? Like, why isn't why isn't there other people out there? So then myself and one of my my buddies from university, who's also a software developer, we sat out to, all right, let's take what I've done, what I've been using, what I know works, and what, what saves me so much time, and let's you know build it into something that other people can use as well, right? So, so can, can you explain a little bit about what it is? You said that, you know, it, it takes you a lot of time to um, upload photos to each individual sites. So what, what does Photoloo do? Yeah. So what Photoloo does is really you can upload your photos to Photoloo and then you can en enter the metadata, right? So especially if you're posting to like Microstock sites or something, the titles and the descriptions and the keywords are really important, right? So what it does is you upload, you enter the metadata, it'll read the metadata from your photos, but then it also suggests keywords. So what it will do is it'll look at the photo, use artificial intelligence to try to figure out what's in there and what keywords will be good. So rather than having to type in the keyword, which can be very monotonous, you just choose the keywords that you that fit, right? Um, because the artificial intelligence isn't perfect, but it is, <laughs> It, it is so 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 we still uh, you pick them but you pick them and then once it's uploaded to Fortaloo Fortaloo then takes over and it will upload it to Flickr to Facebook to 500px to Shutterstock uh, we're also working on uh, Twitter and Instagram will be coming so rather than you going to every site and uploading it to each of them you just upload it once and then the software just puts it everywhere for you yeah, I can definitely see how that would save a ton of time, especially for people who are uploading their photos to so many places. But I want to go back and ask a few questions um, because I'm not sure that a lot of the beginners might fully understand, um, I guess, just some of the uh, some of the things that you brought up there. So one of them you, you brought up is micro stock sites, right? Can okay, you yeah. tell us a little bit what a micro stock site is? Okay, so yeah, so Microsoft sites are are basically sites where people who buy a lot of creative, like a, a lot of photos or other designs, other creative, they basically go to to buy photos, and they'll often have uh, um, subscriptions where they can download like a hundred photos a month or something like that. So what you do is you can upload your photos to these Microsoft sites, and they, in essence, are middlemen. They sell them for you. Right. So then when someone goes in and they download your photo, they say, I want to use this photo in an advertisement or in a magazine or wherever they want to use it. They can just download their photo and then you get um, you get paid for each time it's downloaded. Cool. So, OK, I, I want to branch off a little bit more into that in just a second. But first, uh, you also mentioned that when you upload your photo to Photoloo, it'll save all the metadata. 
can you talk okay. a little bit about what metadata is for those who don't know? Yeah, so the metadata is just is metadata is really data about data, right? So <laughs> so so the data the data is your photo, right? But you want to like um, if you're using something like Lightroom or another photo management system, right? You there, there's also metadata. There's there's data about you know how you took the photo, right? Like the the exposure you used, um, the the shutter speed, those types of things. And there's also data that you can enter in as well, right? Like about the title of the photo, or the description, or the location of the photo, as well as the keywords for the photo, right? So once you start taking you know what i mean like i take about 15 to twenty thousand photos a year um once you start taking that many photos and you, and you need a, a program like lightroom and to organize them and that's how it's organized and that's how you search and you find your photos is through the metadata gotcha so yeah. if if okay now i guess i want to talk a little bit about, about a little bit more about microstock sites um first of all so let's just say average guy you know what I love photography and it's a great hobby, but it's not making me any money. He hears your episode right now and he's like, wait a second, I can make a few dollars on one of these sites. How does this thing work? The first question that they're going to have, I'm sure, is going to be what sorts of things am I taking pictures of or who would want to buy my photos? On Microsoft sites, are there prompts? Are they asking for certain types of photos or do you just upload whatever you want and hope that the photos get purchased? Yeah, so they do have certain things they request, right? Um, like, you know, what I mean, they'll want, you know, you, you can go on the sites and they will ask for things like they'll ask for maybe we want photos of nurses right, or something like that. Oftentimes they're very business related requests, though, right? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, we want a person, people shaking hands, right? So. <laughs> Um, I, so they do have requests, a lot of the sites, the types of photos that they're seeing demand for and they want more of. I don't typically look at that though. Um, I, I just shoot, like I shoot, again, it's a hobby. So I shoot travel photos. I go places that I want to go because I want to go to those places and I take photos of those places when I'm there and I, then I upload them afterwards. So the types of people that are buying my photos are often, um, like I go, like you can search and find your photos online using Google reverse search afterwards. Right. So a lot of times they're like magazines or travel travel blogs or um, a lot of travel related sites because I take travel related photos. But if someone was into taking portraits, then do you know what I mean? There's obviously people out there looking for portraits for, for blogs and, you know, social media and different sites as well. Right. So there's often a demand for anything you, you take. Right. Um, and if there's not, then it just won't get sold, which right. <laughs> a lot of my photos don't, a lot of my photos don't get sold as well, but I'm okay with that. Right. Because I, I still like them and I enjoy taking them. Hey, Raymond here, and we will get back to today's interview in just a moment. In today's digital world, knowing how to edit your images is more important than ever. Now, today's top photographers around the world lean into the editing process more of uh, as a maker's mark for their images. Now, you want a style of your own too, but you don't know where to start. That is precisely why I have created 52 free Lightroom presets for you to download right now. Presets are not a one-click solution, you know this, but they are simply the perfect teaching tool to see step-by-step -step how a look is created so that you can create a unique editing style all of your own as well. So download your 52 free Lightroom presets today over at freephotographypresets.com. Now, back to today's interview. Thank <laughs> you. 
So then I guess the next question I got to ask is, um, do you get to set your own prices? Or you said that some people have subscriptions for, say, 100 downloads a month. Um, does that is that predicated on price of photos or is it just you upload your photo and the price, the website determines the, the cost of the photo? Yeah. So it depends on the site. Um, the most popular Microsoft sites, you don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's basically like there's a set pricing structure and depending on the type of license that someone purchases and really depending on how much the Microsoft site gets paid, you get paid a percentage of that is the way most of them work. Now, there are other sites that do let you set sell the photo and you can actually set your own prices. Um, but those are probably like less popular. And I, I do have my photos on both types types of sites and I do make a lot more revenue on the ones that just set the price for you and you know they can download even though you can set higher price than the ones you just get less downloads it's better to have you know high volume with low things than than having a low volume and a higher price that's at Especially least what I've because found. you know once a photo's already been taken once it's been edited once it's finished uh there's really not much overhead is that right yeah exactly right it, and there's obviously these sites have a lot of photos as well right so yeah. Is there any sort of, like, do you have to pay to be on these sites, or is it free to upload, you only get paid if you sell a photo? Yeah, they're, typically they're free to upload, and then you, you only get paid if you sell the photo for the most popular ones. So you mentioned that there's a lot of, like, businessy type photos that people take. Are there people who just go out there and look for prompts on these sites and then go out to replicate those photos just to, just to try to sell? Is that something that happens? Oh yeah, there's definitely people like that that make a living on Microsoft and that's their full-time job and you know, you can find them on the web. It's looking at the comments on blog posts, it's uh <laughs> it's not people are often complaining about, you know, like that that making a living doing it. Um but there are definitely people out there that that do make a very good living and they they often blog about it as well. Um just just shooting Microsoft and that can be like a full-time career. Yeah. So then my next question, if people are making a good living off of it, what is how much work does it take to how much work do you have to put in? Um research do you have to do just to make say 100 or 200 dollars a month? Yeah. So like I think the people the people that are making a living doing Microsoft, they are they're shooting every day, right? Because and they're and they they have thousands or tens of thousands of photos on on these sites, right? So they're looking, you know, they they have studios, they're going out every day, getting ideas, shooting things, uploading ten photos or a hundred photos a day, right? They're they have very high 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 value, high high items, and they're you know it's a, it's a full time job, right? Yeah. Because as all of your photos are up there, they will decline slowly over time, right? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you upload photos, and they will get out of date, and someone will take a better photo, and then they'll upload that person's, right? So <laughs> they do need to keep working on it every day. So those people take a lot. For myself, like I, again, I I do photography. It's still a hobby. I do it in my spare time. I after for myself. I after I uploaded about a hundred photos, I was able to make like about a hundred dollars, hundred dollars a month, um, off 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 the Microstock sites. And how much research went into what photos you should upload? Because you said that you take like up to twenty thousand a year. How do you pick just a hundred? I well, I just take pick my best photos, right? Okay. So I I like I like when I go through. So I go and I like if I go traveling, like I'm going out. Um, if I go out, you know, traveling with my family, I'll go out and, you know, a lot of mornings I'll wake up before sunrise and go out and just take photos by myself. So I'll come back from like a week long, a week long trip 
with you know 2,000 or 3,000 images. And then part of my process is those all go into Lightroom and then I sit down and I will go through all of those all those images and I always end up with about 30 that are the ones that are like my favorite. And then so I choose those 30 and then those 30 are the ones that I'll post process and I'll actually go through and then I'll spend time going through and you know creating the you know the image that I want to create right with with that raw data that I took on vacation. So it's those 30 or those those best ones those are the ones that I put on the web right so nothing else goes on the web no one else sees all the all the mistakes I make right <laughs> uh, when I'm out there and then you know those those ones that are good those are the ones that I put you know on all the websites I don't put everything out there right if you upload a site to one of these microstock sites are you allowed to you know you, you I guess what are the legalities about it you can still post it obviously to Facebook Flickr 500px is there anything that you can't do with a photo um, so it depends again on the site and the way you set it up. There are sites that you need to be exclusive or they'll pay you more if you are exclusive. So you can be exclusive to one Microsoft site and they will pay you more to do that. And then basically then you're somewhat limited. Now I haven't done that. I just put my stuff everywhere. So Everybody I'm always <laughs> non-exclusive exclusive because I also sell, I also sell licenses from my site as well. And every once in a while, someone will see a photo that they really like on Flickr and they'll contact me directly and then I'll sell it from my site. And there, and if you, so, and, and if you do say you're exclusive, then you can't do that. You would then need to send them to the, um, to the Microsoft site to do. So I just, I do everything non-exclusive and I just put it everywhere. It's more fun that way too, right? I mean, if you take the photos and you love it, you're going to want to share it, you know, to your own friends and family anyway. So exactly. I can see that. However, I'm sure the people who are just doing this professionally day in, day out, um, that's probably the way to go. You know, you're probably not going to be posting all these photos of nurses shaking hands in front of doctor, you know what I mean? Like on Facebook or something like that. So, um, that brings me to my next question is how do people find, um, certain photos on these sites yeah so most of like with um you know like with 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 google they've got an ad, a search algorithm on the site so most people will go into the sites and do a search algorithm some of them even have more advanced where they can search based on color or a bunch of other items right but the majority of it is based on the keywords that you actually put so the description you put in the photo and the keywords you put in the photo how many um, keywords or tags, I guess, are you giving each photo before you upload it? So they have different limits. Um, they like some of them will like have 150, most of them around 50 to 75. So typically if I'm uploading something to Microstock, I will typically have 30 to 50 keywords associated to it. Okay. And that's why that's where PhotoLoo comes in, saves you a ton of time because if you're uploading it to multiple sites, you don't want to be putting, titles for each one and then 30 to 50 to 100 to 120 tags each photo every time you upload it is that right yeah that's right as well yeah and you just yeah so it's a lot of work to put even just to to figure out what those keywords are right if you look at one of your photos and think okay what are 50 words that describe this (laughs) that's not that's not always the the easiest thing so so even just like the suggestions also help out with that right like so yeah putting the keywords in you know what i mean um putting the titles another thing i do differently is that or that i do is when i upload something to a social site like if i upload something to facebook i normally kind of tell the story of how i took the photo right yeah um but 
on Microsoft's site, no one cares about that. They just care about where <laughs> they, they, they just care about where the photo is and whether they like it or not. So I do have like a different. Typically, I have one description that goes to the social sites like the 500px and and Flickr and Facebook, and then I have another title and description that I put on the Microsoft site. So Forlu helps with that as well. It allows you to enter them both in, and then it will put the right title and description and push it to the right site. I love that. Um, so. Let's see. Um, I found you because you had just posted an article on Petapixel, and it was a great article. And I believe it was titled, uh, "Do you have a?" Okay, let me let me take a step back. I'll let you do this article justice. Can you tell people about the article, um, about the photo specifically mentioned in the article, and how much work went into um, getting it to the success that it has had? Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, the article was about like my most successful photo on on Microstock, um, and basically over the past years, it's sold six thousand times and it's made me over four thousand dollars, right? So, the reason I wrote the article, just stepping back, is that if you search on Microstock on the web and and search about it and start reading the blogs, there's a lot of negative information out there about it, right? And I, and when I was looking into it, when I was doing research on this, I was like, wow, like, why does anybody do this? There's just so much negative information. But I kind of, <laughs> but I kind of, because it's like, oh, you'll never make any money. You know what I mean? It's, it's not worth the while. It's not worth the effort. All, a lot of people like blogging and saying things like that. But I just, I kind of got past that. And I said, you know, I'm just going to try it. I'm just going to go through and upload it. And um, and so I started doing that. And the reason I wrote the article is that there's there's so much negative information. I wanted to put some positive information out there as well because this one photo that I uploaded in 2012. So it's it's a photo of basically a mountain scene. It's uh, Moraine Lake. It's a really famous lake in the uh, in the Canadian Rockies. Um, so in Canada, it used to be on our actually our twenty dollar bill. Like it's 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 a tourist attraction. It's I woke iconic. up. One morning. Yeah, it's iconic, right? It's a very well known well known. Um, landscape scene and so when i was when i was going through the rockies on uh traveling one morning i woke up at five in the morning and i went there for for sunrise right so i went and uh went there i was there like a good probably hour before before the sun was supposed to come up set up my camera and i just had the most amazing light that day it was just like like it was just the perfect sunrise it was somehow going through the clouds perfectly that it just made the tops of the mountain mountains totally red right and it was amazing to see and i was lucky for that day just one of those weather days right that i was able to capture it with my camera so i went through and i went and i post-processed it i probably didn't spend like you know more than like it took a lot of time to scout the location. I did. The, I went there the day before actually as well, and I looked at it in the pouring rain the day before, and you know I knew exactly where I was going to set up. Went in, took the photo. You know, took a lot of great photos that morning actually, and then post processing. It was because of the light was so good. I didn't even have to do that much post processing on it. I probably <laughs> spent like probably spent fifteen minutes post processing it, and then I uploaded to social media, and it just it's. Like on 500px, it was like in the most popular the first day. Um, a lot of other sites, it, it just got a lot of um, a lot of views, mm-hmm. a lot of traction. And then I put it on, and so I also uploaded it to the Microstock sites, and it very quickly ranked number one for one of the major Microsoft sites for the search of Canada. And so every day for the past like five years, <laughs> there's been like one or two people that have downloaded that photo. And it's like, I see it all over the way. I'll be sitting on Facebook and a Facebook ad will pop up and it'll be like my photo. <laughs> and so, 
like come travel to canada look at our beautiful landscapes and you're like i've I've seen that i took this photo (laughs) yes and that's and that's really how so a lot of blogs because it ranks really high for canada what a lot of people when they're blogging elsewhere like about traveling to canada it ends up on a lot of those blog posts that's why it's had like such success because people are you know just purchasing off these stock sites that's awesome that's so cool that it's just like you know um this hobby you found a way to make a few extra dollars and like you said it's not enough to live on and that's not even what it is that you're looking for but four thousand dollars off this one photo is enough to buy a few bodies buy a few lenses and just to keep the momentum going in the hobby and like you said photography can be an expensive hobby and i understand that when i first started Whew, man, my wife and I had a lot of discussions about how much money I was spending on this, this these cameras that weren't making any money. Why was I doing this? And this is just a great way to uh, keep it going and, and have a uh, have a reason why now you can buy that brand new 50 mil lens. So yeah. I love your story. Um, can you, if you could tell a younger James one piece of information about photography, the young James who knew nothing about cameras, knew nothing about photography, if you could tell him one thing that you know now, what do you think that would be? There are two ways to bring home more money with your photography business. You either get more clients or you spend less of the money that you make. CloudSpot Studio helps you keep more of what you earn. With the lowest payment processing fees in the industry, the average photographer will save $300 annually. And that's just more money to invest in essential gear like a new flash or a sweet camera bag. You know, one that is perfect for storing all of the wedding day snacks that you can pack. But it's not just about savings. CloudSpot Studio is designed to streamline your workflow. Easily organize shoots, send contracts, questionnaires, invoices, and you're really going to enjoy the hassle-free payments. So sign up for a free CloudSpot account at deliverphotos.com. And as a bonus, you're going to get access to my exclusive wedding and portrait contracts and questionnaires at no additional cost. Why let fees chip away at your profits? Empower your photo journey with CloudSpot and watch your business soar. Oh, that's a, that's a good question. Um... I would probably say just get out and shoot more, <laughs> to be honest, right? Um, I think that I, I was – there was a point where I was in a bit of like analysis paralysis where I was like I didn't – you know, I, I was like from moving from auto off of auto, right? I spent a lot of time just like reading and like, okay, what is aperture? What is <laughs> what is short speed? How do I use this, right? And – and I, I spent a lot of time reading and not enough time shooting to start out with. I think when I really started to get better was I read something and then I went out and I did it. And then I came back and I read something else and then I went out and did it. Because there's just so much information out there. It's so easy just to like read forever and never go out and do it, right? So you got to kind of like just get a list of all the th- – eventually what I did was I got a I, – when I saw something that I wanted to try, I just started putting it on a list. And I wouldn't go to number two on the list until I tried number one, right? Oh, wow. And, That's smart. Uh, yeah. And so that's, and once I started doing that, that's when I think I really started to get better. Cause it was like, okay, that was number one. Okay. Now I tried that. It worked. All right. Let's do number two. And I, and I still actually keep a list of like, when every time I see a blog post, I'm like, that's a good idea. I should try that. And it goes <laughs> to this massive list and it's also good for keeping ideas. Right. And that's, it kind of keeps me motivated. <laughs> Helps me realize as, as much as I sometimes do create good pictures, there's still so much more to learn and so many more <laughs> cool things I can do. Right. So I got to ask what is next on the list? 
Um, next on the list actually is, um, doing more video stuff. So I want to do, um, you seen hyperlapses? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to try hyperlapse. That's, uh, yeah, that, that's definitely something to tackle. That's going to be quite a learning curve for sure. For, for people who, for people listening who don't know what a hyperlapse is, it's like a time lapse, except you're physically moving your camera so that when you stitch it all together, it looks like a very, uh, fast motion, video but it's all out of photos a lot of technicals go into it and uh i would say a great tripod is probably the best piece of equipment uh, probably more important than the camera itself for hyperlapses so that's cool i'm really excited to see that i think uh you're somebody who's going to go out there and, and really give it your all and i can't wait to see how that uh, how that turns out so Lastly, I really want to be conscious of your time. Can you let all the listeners know where they can find you online, find out more about Photoloo, um, and and go from there? Yeah. So for Photoloo, you can just go to um, photoloo.com. Um, you can just search on the way. That's the only one that has that name. So you can go take a look there. Um, right now, we're the software, we're still testing. We don't have a paid version. It's still in beta, but we're, it's, it's open beta. So anybody can go in and sign up and start using it. Um, I'll preface that we are still working on it. So we're still working out some of the kinks, but it, we do have a number of people that are using it, and it is, it is uh, fully functional. So that's kind of for Photoloo, for the posting the photos online. If you want to see some of my own stuff, um, if you search for me on any of the major social networks, um, it's either under James Wheeler or my website is souvenirpixels.com. So you can also go to souvenirpixels.com if you want to see my photos. And from there, I link to, you know, everywhere else where I am on, on Twitter and Flickr and all those places. That is such a cool website title. I love that. Souvenirpixels.com. I love that. I got it. How long did it take uh, to come up with that? Or is that something that you've been like mulling over in your head for years? Well, no, well, I, I've had it for, I've had that blog for like at least five years and it just kind of came you today because like my photography, it is all about like the reason I'm in, I, I do photography is about like, I love traveling and it's about the souvenir, right? It's about you know, when I go traveling, I don't buy souvenirs. I, I take photos and the photos are my souvenirs. And that's just kind of the way I, you know, that is why I do photography. Right. So, um, yeah, it just kind of came to me one day and luckily no one else thought about it yet. So don't you love when that happens? I feel like there's so many people on the internet that every time you have a good idea, it's already been invented or some, something's already been taken. That's always yeah, a exactly. total win for the day when you come up with this great idea and it hasn't been stolen yet. So that's very exactly. cool. Uh, well, James, I am super excited to keep up with you online. I can't wait to see this hyperlapse uh, when, whenever you come out with it. And I'm sure that the listeners are going to reach out as well. Also, you are going to get an invitation to the uh, Beginner Photography Podcast Facebook group, which is where m- listeners can come on Facebook, find past guests, and ask them personalized questions instead of having to go through emails or just you know, having all these contact places all over the place. So um, do you think that'd be somewhere where if anybody had any questions, they'd be able to reach out and ask you? Oh, yeah, for sure. I uh, like I check Facebook, maybe not every day, but I do check Facebook most days. So, yeah, if, if someone reached out to me on there, I will. I'll see. And I'll definitely answer any questions anybody has. Awesome. Well, James, again, thank you so much. All right. Thanks. So tell me, are you anything like me? Did you immediately after this episode... Are you thinking about all the photos that you have on your hard drive, maybe from past vacations or travels or just anything in general that you can upload to these microstock sites and hopefully make a few dollars? I mean, why not? Most of these sites are free. 
All you got to do is just invest the time in, uh, you know, tagging, keywording, uh, and, and uploading, obviously, all of these photos. And then, you know, you just hope for the best. Obviously, the more photos that you upload, the better chance of um, a certain photo uh, being found or making more money. So, you know, there's no better time than to do it, but right now. So that's my task for you guys this week. Go home, or if you're if you're if you're already at home, then just go on to step number two. Go onto your hard drive of photos, and or just go straight into Lightroom because that's where they should already be categorized and keyworded properly and everything, and they're already going to be edited right there. Um, and export all your favorite photos, take them into Photoloo, and and give it a shot, right? Because if if like James said, it takes a while to upload all these photos tag them properly and you know keyword them all that metadata if that takes a long time save yourself that time by combining um, um, the one source that you upload to to be able to distribute it to multiple channels that will just increase your likelihood of making an extra dollar and James made four thousand dollars off of one photo one photo think what's the coolest piece of camera equipment that you would buy right now if you had four thousand dollars I bet you might have a photo on your computer right now that is worth $4,000. So that's it. Go ahead. I want you to find your best photo on your hard drive and start uploading them today. Give Photoloo a shot. Um, And then also take the photos, upload them into Instagram. Tag the Beginner Photography Podcast. I'd love to check them out. Our username, if you're not following us on Instagram, is Beginner Photo Podcast. And, you know, we will be sure to interact with your photo. I'd love to check it out and see it. I will be doing the same thing on my personal Instagram page of R Hatfield Photo. Now, traditionally, these are all, you know, weddings and engagements, but I think I'll be able to find something that'll uh, that'll work and maybe make me a few bucks. Who can say no to free money? So that's it, guys. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you did and you have any follow-up questions for James, feel free to uh, join the Beginner Photography Podcast Facebook group. And if you're not already a part of it, just head over to facebook.com forward slash beginner photography podcast send me a message and i will give you the link right away to be able to join there you'll be able to ask any questions for james or any past guests as well for anything that you might have maybe it's just a you know common question or personal question about how somebody does something i'm sure that they're going to be more than happy to answer that's it guys again go out enjoy this week You know, it were springtime. Go out, shoot, have fun. I love you guys. Enjoy. And I will see you next week. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Beginner Photography Podcast. Be sure to join the conversations on Facebook and Instagram. And if you want any links or resources we talked about in today's episode, check out the show notes at beginnerphotographypodcast.com. See you again next week. 